0: I gotta send you that picture, John Cho, with Spike Spiegel hair.
1: Why don't I have it already?
0: What's good, internet? And welcome to session 19 of Super GG Radio. Hey guys, we made it! Past barely legal, in a couple of weeks, we can drink. Maybe a nice can of the official drink of esports, Budweiser. Hashtag ad. Oh, and I guess friends chatting about video games and all things adjacent. Let's welcome my co-host, the sexier male version of Flanders, Joel DeWitt.
2: Hashtag stupid sexy Flanders. Uh, I'm more Homer than Flanders, but thanks. Yuck. Damn sexy Flanders.
0: Also, I guess Eric Getty-Gettinger is back even after the restraining order this last week.
1: Come on, Alex. No one needed that hair.
0: Well, before I get killed with a voodoo doll... This week, we're skipping the backlog blog, but we'll have to say a couple unique things about an interactive experience turning in our video game homework. And we need to take a few minutes to have a frank talk with an old PC friend. But first, our early adopter segment. Alphas, betas, or fairly new releases from the last half of the year. I apologize fully for the upcoming conversation, but I'm here to talk about Dota. Nope.
2: Preach.
1: No! (laughs) <laughs> we're not actually talking about dota are so we
0: just talk about let's talk about the lineage here warcraft 3 there was a multiplayer mode and someone made a mod where it's called the dawn of the ancients where you as a team fight to destroy an ancient while there are npc creeps that come along lanes and you have to attack each other and fight to defeat the ancient and the other person's base they moved and separated into its own game Dota 2, and is officially separated from Blizzard to the point that Dota no longer means Dawn of the Ancients; it is just Dota. Now someone made a mod of that game, and now we're playing Auto Chess. Oh, thank God, we're not talking about Dota. All
2: right, let's I- talk about it. I love Battle Chess. Let's go.
0: Battle Chess, where we punch each other.
2: Yeah. Am, right? am I the only one that played Battle Chess growing up?
0: My rook takes your knight, and then I deck you. Yeah, makes sense no, to me. No. What's Battle Chess?
2: Oh, there was an old PC game out that was called, uh, I think it was called Battle Chess, but basically it was just a game of chess, except all the moving character pieces on the board would turn into people, and they'd like claymation animated kill each other as you take pieces.
0: Ooh, that sounds interesting. Sounds familiar.
2: Yeah, Isn't that Star Wars? No. Yes, I mean, yes, but no, but uh, that's not what I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the new hot genre... That's sweeping the nation. We're past Battle Royales. They're done. They're over. We're now into auto chess. When they had Dota 2, there was mods and different side games, and someone created one called Auto Chess. And after that, they split off and made their own official game called Auto Chess. But of course, Dota couldn't have all the money, so they made their own called Dota Underlords. And the copycats that they are, uh, League of Legends, decided to cash in like super quick, within like a week with their own version called Team Tactics Battle.
2: That's a bad name.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Team Tactics is all one word, if that makes it even worse. It's not a word.
2: It, it does, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: just, it's terrible.
0: Why? Well, okay, so let me tell you this. I've played all three. I played Dota Underlords, Auto Chess, and Team Fighting Tactics, and they were all horribly wasting my time, and I hate Dota. I played a lot of it. This is a bad mobile game guys. Mostly because I prefer mobile games to be in and out within 10 minutes and these matches are 40 minutes. So
2: Wait, how You said you you played all of these? Yes. How much time do you have in a day to play games? Exactly.
0: You... <laughs> <laughs> Way too much. And each match was at least 40 minutes and oh it it's it's a lot of fun guys. It's really addicting. But I deleted two of them off my phone, so at least there's that. Thank God. <laughs> I stuck with auto chess. I stuck with auto chess. Okay. So let me paint you a word picture. You have what looks to be a chess board. And you have a guy who is putting pieces on the board. A little cartoon dragon. You can buy your pieces for gold. You buy one piece, you put it on the board, and then the fight phase happens. The fight phase... They will spawn creeps or like little NPC creatures on the board, and your guy just will automatically run up and fight them to the best of his ability. Once he dies or they die, then the match is over. You can then use gold that you have accumulated by either killing monsters or there's an economy where you can gain, gain interest on your gold.
1: Mm-hmm. My head hurts so much right now. <clears throat>
2: Wait, <you clears throat> Where's need this to going? You accumulate interest rates on gold?
1: No,
0: why? It,
2: why do we do this?
0: The more money you have in your bank that you didn't spend, the more gold comes back
1: to you after the round. Can you put it in a Roth IRA?
2: <laughs> How long until I can refinance to get rid of the GMI?
1: Do I have to pay interest on the money that I take out? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the worst.
1: <laughs> so, help help me take out a second mortgage. <laughs>
2: Henry Winkler's on the line. (laughs) Okay, okay,
0: okay. So, the battle phase happened. Now you're back. You have some extra money. You could spend it on new characters. And each character comes with a class and a race. Those have benefits based on how they work together. So, if you have uh, the more druids you have, the more it'll make their attack speed faster. The The more warriors you have. And they have bonuses based on if you have two on the board, three on the board, etc., you purchase your characters while also trying to save some money for that sweet interest. You got you got me so far? We're still
1: going. Yeah, no, I just want to die.
2: Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm just really tired of hearing about class warfare. <laughs>
1: yeah, or
2: racial warfare.
0: So you, also you can spend your character, your little guy who's putting the pieces on the board levels up. His level is how many pieces you can have on the board. Level 1 up to level 10, you can have 10 pieces on the board at once. He gains Uh, an experience point uh, per turn depending on how many were killed and also um, also you can buy levels you can pay gold, 5 gold and he'll get 5 experience points so you want to balance trying to level up and put more guys on the board while also getting more characters if you have 3 the same character they can form into a 2 star which is more powerful and it just constantly goes on from there
2: they sell gold for real money, don't they?
0: No, no, no. no. They don't really. Yeah.
2: That that seems like the obvious way to monetize.
0: Well, you got to think that this is uh this is essentially a battle royale because you are playing against ten people, and if you lose a round, you take damage. You're got your little guy who puts the pieces on the board. So you say you'll take five damage. The problem is, those rounds take about I want to say five minutes. And then you take damage, but you have a hundred health. You take like five points of damage. So you see how long this can go. And this took me away from Food Fantasy, which is a pretty sweet phone game obsession, if I do say so myself.
2: So, are you actually enjoying this at all, or is it just something you've put yourself up to to talk about?
0: I no, I like I like Auto Chess. I would play it more had I have time. I mean, it's. What? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a big ask, and that's my problem with it. It's a really big ask. It's got
2: d- well, limiting yourself to one might have been a good start. Well, yeah. Well,
0: again, I, I once I, st- I played two matches of each and then I liked the one I liked and I got rid of the other two and played like two more, maybe three more. <laughs> so it's it's a good game because you can there's different strategies. So um, you want you can have just the same type of race or class to have the best bonuses but that can keep you short-sighted because they have weaknesses against other classes. So if someone has another heavy class that's the opposite of yours, it could be a problem. You can um, try to de- you can diversify whether you have a bunch of different classes for little boosts here and there, but you then may not get a real big boost. Also, having that many fighters and trying to buy doubles and triples so you can level those up, it's a lot. And um, there are items that you can... Have an item on somebody and combine it to another item, and then they have a an equip.
1: <sighs> I think that you're as exacerbated with this <laughs> as I am over listening to it.
2: <laughs> I, I still need to know how they monetize this, because you're saying they oh no, oh
1: port, no,
0: no, they... no, DOTA is a cash mind, Ca- uh, cash mine. They have just all of these variations and colors and costumes and different hats for all of their characters hundreds and hundreds in dota 2 so all they have to do is bring that over this is still in the beta test but but,
2: so i I played like a match and a half of one just as a reference point these characters on the screen are tiny like almost indistinguishable other than just basic primary colors between the outfits they're wearing i I, they're gonna sell outfits Mm -hmm. they have and they will
1: this is disgusting (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well la- the last
0: things i want to say is that uh progressing sometimes can lead to you feeling coming off like you've got got away with it by the skin of your teeth so i do like the intensity especially again you've been playing for half an hour and you're like well if i lose now that was a whole waste of time which it's not because again you don't get any cur- like you get some currency to buy hats for your character like your guy who puts the pieces on the board and it's like well it doesn't that doesn't matter but you're still just like invested enough that after 30 minutes, you're just you're living and dying.
2: Well, what the fun was the compound interest you made along the way,
1: <laughs> and Jesus, <geez. laughs> thank God you can buy hats for your character. Otherwise, this would be a waste.
0: <laughs> um, there are other. Tr- this is going to be a new hot trend because there are a lot of games that are coming out of the woodwork. I've heard of two more that are going to come out as uh, auto chess games or battle chess. So just like uh, online multiplayer battle arenas, this is the new genre that's going to be hot, and I am enjoying it. Quick, get us out of here. Any one of you. Joel, you're up. Thank you. <laughs> I'm up. Oh, great.
3: I, <laughs> <laughs> we went from something here's, I love to hate to something I Here's just something
1: hate. that I could talk about for a long time. Uh-huh. Go ahead. So, Joel, you played uh, some Magic the Gathering uh, recently.
2: I, sh- I sure did. <laughs> Magic the Gathering Arena. So,
3: Oh, so sorry. In,
2: in an effort to avoid paying for any new games or trying to uh, uh, actually have to learn how to play something new, I, I di- dipped into Match at the Gathering Arena, which is in a beta phase right now, open beta. Uh, it's basically online Match at the Gathering, the card game. It's pretty bare bones, actually, from what I've seen so far. The, the matchup works just fine in terms of queuing up for a 1v1 match online. Uh, if you played any other digital version of Magic: The Gathering, it, it's about on par with that. So like, I don't. How many digital versions of this game have you played, Deddy
1: I know of at least three because there was a long time when Steam would release a new one every year.
2: Yeah, there was a series called Duel of the Planeswalker that used to come out. I think on Steam, and I even had a copy on PlayStation Three way back. I played. It, I played it and, once as well. Yeah, so I mean, that's. And even before then, there's been a handful of different releases, including, like, there was an old PC game where it actually acted as an adventure game, and then the random battle encounters were Match at the Gathering battles. Uh, but that one was brutal, because when you lost a match, you had to bid a card as part of your matchup, and you if you lost, you'd lose your cards. Yep. <laughs> so... So just a, a brutal legacy with that, but th- this is pretty straightforward just uh, queuing up for matchmaking. If you win you get it's experience, if you lose you get less experience, there's an experience bar that goes up and as you pop a uh, level they give you an orb to unlock more cards or different skins for certain cards or eventually you'll unlock variant decks as well that you can use. and. It it, all flows pretty smoothly from a level progression standpoint too. In that they obviously, since it's a free game, their way that they monetize it is selling card packs. Okay. But I never I never really felt like I had to buy them. Uh, so that was that was something I really appreciated about it is that there was never really a point where I felt like my losing would have been impacted by buying more cards, which isn't really the case in real life playing Magic. If you're playing with actual cards, usually whoever has put in enough money to have a huge library of cards and can assemble the beefiest deck is going to be the one that tramples everybody.
1: I know a thing or two about that. (laughs) Pay to win.
2: (laughs) So you were that guy?
1: (laughs) No, I just made sure that I built the deck that I wanted, and it would really
2: piss some people off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what what colors do you usually go for? What kind of strat do you do?
1: Oh, back in the day or right now?
2: Uh, back in the day.
1: Back in the day, it really depend on the mood. But for the most part, I'd either go uh, red, get your mountains in there, do some quick explosions, wipe out the battlefield, or some black, just mm-hmm. kill everything with spells and zombies out the ass.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a weird place for zombies.
2: Uh, know well, they have to come from somewhere alex <laughs> from the depths of somewhere yeah uh so yeah i, I usually run a green I, I like a nice green deck that you can accumulate mana real quick and uh pretty briskly bring out these beefy five or more power characters and just run rough shot over your enemy
1: five um, five or more joel yeah. we played you that green meanie that you had <laughs> what did he have like 12? 12 <laughs> 12 attack 12, 12 defense <laughs> And you put him in, like, the fifth round. It was insane.
2: <laughs> well, he, he had an ability where his spell casting cost was reduced by whatever the accumulative power of your other monsters on field were. So I had, like, three or four different monsters with uh, two two or plus power, which, like, brought his original cost down to five mana. So it just... Uh, there's all that great strategy that comes with this game and that I really... It's all intact here. And then the only the only downsides as far as I could tell so far is that, one, you're, you are limited to whatever cards they offer. So, you know, you have to sort of slowly wait until you get the cards unless you actually want to pay money, which I don't. And then, two, we actually grouped up and this could really stand to have some sort of... Uh, Lobby system where uh, three or more people could group up in a lobby, and then people could spectate as part of that group. Whoever isn't playing against each other,
1: that make it uh, more which, interesting. Well, I definitely agree the,
0: with that. Well, I mean, when we were, cause this is a beta test, but we were trying to invite each other to matches, and it wasn't working. We had to send invites via Discord because it has a built-in Discord function, which is nice. And that is a way to make a lobby is to get on somebody's Discord. Though it does seem that it's not built in. It has to be used through a third party. But, uh, when you were in game and you, even if you had, you were friends and had their correct usernames, it wasn't, uh, inviting. So
1: yeah, it's pretty buggy
2: still.
0: Hopefully they get around to fixing that. That would be nice.
2: Yeah. They, they, I think they need something like in game lobbies. They, they need some sort of friends list, uh, to be able to show people online as you're in the program. Um, I really think those are the only couple really glaring things that I saw. Now, Alex, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I see where this is going.
2: <laughs> so I, you know, I wasn't the one that originally brought this up to talk about today. Uh, so I'd like to maybe hear your thoughts about, uh, your experience with magic. Oh. The gathering. Okay. I was
0: staying silent Now I got to stretch. Hold on. <laughs> I've been you have to stretch to talk. I have an experience with magic that's been going for a long time. Uh, since I was a kid, my best friend Alec, used to try to get me to play magic, and I am not good at Magic the Gathering, like at all. I've come back to this thing seventeen different times in several different iterations, and I just I don't
1: I don't know why. I just it you you don't know why. I know why. <laughs> Attention span.
0: No, it's the game, oh, and, and and the and the beta uh-huh. test and the game itself kind of opened my eyes to what the problem with Magic is. Is that it's choppy. It's very phase oriented, which phases are fine as long as they're not seventeen phases per round. So that's that's kind of where my problem is. Is that it's too many. Okay, now it's this, but you can't do that until round phase three. Which then phase three is only this. Now it's time for phase four. Where but this and only okay. So you can't do that thing before. The
1: problem is that you're having is that in real life it's a lot more fluid because you know the phases in your head and you know when you can play certain cards. But you're making that now, you're
0: making that as oh, once you know the game, it's totally fun. But it's not fun learning it from my my point of view. And I only say this because there are several games I play, including physical board games, that take phases and you have to stop and only able to do certain actions during those phases, and I have no problems with them. Munchkin. Exactly. Because you've learned but them. But I, I, but I,
2: agree, I agree with Daddy in that the, the software games of Magic the Gathering have never been fluid like the card game is. And it's because by its nature because it has so many different phases it has to go through and give people time to do their moves or inputs it has to force stops through the flow of the game so you can have a moment to look at your hand choose what to do uh make your you know take your some moment to take some thought and and implement your strategy in a turn whereas you're playing a game of magic with friends and you've had time to look at your hand for the whole time and and think things through and you get to your turn and you already got your land you're gonna put on the field if you have the mana to tap and use a spell or a creature you use it decide whether or not to fight and then just say you're done and it's not like in the middle of the game you're not taking your turn and then just saying okay now I'm going to take my land phase now I'm going to take my casting phase now I'm going to take my attack phase. <laughs> you know, you're not you're not stepping it out yeah. so rigidly when you're playing it in cards.
0: Maybe and maybe that is the case. I just though uh, even like learning. I had no problem learning other games that had phases, and this one for some reason just like w- and again this was physical too. When someone was like, "Okay, now you should do this, and now you should do that," it, it it's a lot of direction. Which again, I have no problem with. It's just it's more than I enjoy.
2: I think you just need to hit the. Dead I mean, yeah. yeah.
0: Let me get some sweet blacks and then start getting on kill streaks, and I'm in.
2: <laughs> I'm not sure we should be talking about sweet blacks too much.
0: <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. I will. I will stick to Hearthstone. Hearthstone is my speed. Have you guys played Hearthstone? I'm gonna admit it. I played Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah. Do you like Hearthstone? Cause we could play Hearthstone, like see like now. Right I now. feel like I'm being
1: forced into something.
0: Like right now, <laughs> we could be playing Hearthstone and not Magic.
1: Uh, right did, now, did we're you... we're recording a podcast. But if you still want to play Hearthstone while we record, I guess that's a possibility.
2: Uh, well, I mean, I'd ask Kelly to join me. While well, you guys don't do that, <laughs>
0: I'll send you a text, Getty. But for right now, <laughs> tell me
1: about Grand Blue Fantasy versus Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Where do I start? Well, being somebody that had no damn idea what Grand Blue was, I had to do some research on this let, one.
0: Yeah, let me let me say this: you got to be part of the Grand Blue Fantasy versus beta because me and Joel were unavailable. When we love Japanese fighting games and are super into them, and then we're like, Getty, go play a fighting game.
1: You hate fighting games. This will be great." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That was that was fantastic for me.
2: Is this an art system works? It, I think one? so.
1: I think
0: so. Okay, so that's
2: that's the same people who did uh, the Guilty Deer series Dragon and Dragon Ball. Uh, they're also behind Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which are two very different games. But uh, what I saw of this kind of looks more akin to the Guilty Deer series. Yeah.
1: Yep, That's that's basically what it is. So, for those of you that have no idea what Grand Blue was, like I did. It turns out it started out as a app, a JRPG turn-based game, and it was released back in 2014. And now there's an anime, and there will soon be a fighting game, which I will not be playing. And now I will list all of the reasons why. I think me and Jill might play this one. It looks
0: really good. And I just confirmed it is Arc System.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. There's some fighting games that I like, but this one just really wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, Being so inexperienced, only playing some DBZ fighters Mm. in the last year, I'm not very confident in myself, but let me walk you through what happened. So I download the demo, I get into the game, and it's got this really cute chibi lobby where all the characters are running around. You can pick two different skins for your character, Uh, I guess Gran, and then some other guy. Uh, not really important.
0: <laughs> not not blue. And just for reference, this is the norm for fighters now. Started with Guilty Gear, Dragon Ball Fighters, all that stuff they have. That's their matchmaking and lobby system is it's the, the, chibi. the chibi lobby. Yeah.
2: I, don't, I don't love it. I mean, it, it kind of made sense for Dragon Ball Fighter Z just because they gave so many costume and character variants and character they they tie from the series and stuff to throw into that but like something you don't have association with i don't i don't care for it personally also hmm.
0: also some of those DBZ bz characters don't exist like in the in the anime they just like threw it together and go here you go be a chibi guy in the in the lobby even if it doesn't make sense so everybody was yamcha uh i was super saiyan for gohan tian there we go
1: everybody was yamcha.
0: Yes, everyone is essentially <laughs> yamcha
1: okay that's what i thought <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it was kind of neat to see that everybody running up to the arcade machines. But being it, that it was the stability test for this beta, I, I did have some issues. Uh, and I logged in at 6 a.m. our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had dropouts, I had stutters. It was not very easy to get into the first couple of matches. Uh, but when I did, you'll be glad to know that I got to try five of the different characters that were available. Because that's all that there were. And the other eight people that I played all played the same one. Well, then I'll tell you the something. <laughs> <laughs> the small female fighter with two swords, Charlotta. Uh, and I was lost. the
3: same
2: person?
1: I, I only played, a, like, one mirror match because I wanted to try all the different characters' fighting styles. But, yeah, this little female character, Charlotta, she was quick. She had the smallest hitbox, and I just got mowed over every single time. It was, it was brutal.
2: Oh, for so eight. How, so how quick is it, pace-wise? I mean, uh, something like Guilty Deer is actually a lot slower pace. Characters move fairly heavily, like they've got weight to them. Uh, and then something like Dragon Ball Fighters, it, it's it's quick, it's frantic, it's it's almost floaty in some spots.
1: It was more more akin to DBZ, because the okay. characters, they did have good movement, and the attacks, they were very solid. Uh, that's the only time that it felt like the character was heavier, was when you're trying to do your heavy attacks. But other than that, a very quick. Two rounds is a match. Um, yeah. Hmm. It was a couple of weeks ago that I played, but... I still have scars in my mind about it. Just getting beat down mercilessly, on, mercilessly online. But uh, let me tell you, it wouldn't be so bad. I, I thought I was at least going to win one, but I couldn't even get that. I did win a couple of rounds, but never a whole match.
3: Hmm.
1: Uh, but let me tell you, one of the cool things is that after the end of the fight, there's a quick anime scene with the winning character. So it'll either be the, the one that I saw eight times in a row this little girl falling off of a box and landing on her butt like oops why was she on a box i it's an anime game alex if you have to ask you can't
2: afford it she was short and didn't have high heels i don't see the problem okay
1: <laughs> so it's just <laughs> me
2: <laughs> it's just you so so really what i've gleaned from this conversation so far is that you have dragon ball fighter z but we haven't played yet I don't have it. I've played it at Alex's. I forced it I forced oh. it on I
1: forced it on a lot of people, okay. honestly. I did well too. Mm-hmm. I want the record to show that I did well at DBZ Fighters. I,
0: hey, I'm trying to get you on it. Kid Goku just came out and we have yet to play him.
2: That's true. We are overdue to try some new DLC. I like GT. But that's just me. So
1: guys, I wish that, that you deal. could have played this, but instead it was me and I I guess in the future, if somebody picks it up, I will encourage you to play it, and I might sit there and watch and try a couple of fights, but overall, maybe I'll go ahead and download the app, the original app, and try that one out.
0: Okay. I'm sure they, they probably make a mobile version. I played Under Night in Birth EX something else. I can't remember. That was a really long title, and that was uh, another one of those games that one was more um, like ground-based, there wasn't a lot of triple jumps and high jumps, so and it wasn't very outlandish and bombastic, so it was very slow and plodding. It's nice that they switch it up and do all of these different variants in fighting games
1: and make them look really pretty. Oh yeah, it was very pretty, just not my game. Cool.
0: Well, I'm pretty tapped out on that topic let's take a Ah. (laughs) breath see what you did there let's take a breath before going to the news phase of our turn i should really read these before we record (laughs) it's good writing (laughs) on to the break back guys grab a chair and take a seat in the circle steam i hate to say it to you but we need to have an intervention you guys all want to take turns you guys want to just break into song because frankly this sale is garbage did you guys take a look at this i
2: did mm, no this the st- see i i've already resigned myself to not being interested in steam sales as much anymore
0: They've just gone so downhill in a way that I just feel inclined to just say, man, this is not even
1: a fun, exciting thing anymore. See, Alex, after all of these years, we've just been enabling Steam. We've been buying and buying and buying, and there hasn't been anything to really keep us from doing so. Once we see something cheaper, like, oh, I'll pick that up. And now they've gotten a little bit cocky. You don't tell me that Monster Hunter World is still
0: $60. It's not. It's not. So taking 50% off is nothing. You're taking the Kohl's strategy. You're telling me it's cheaper <laughs> when it really isn't. You're just jacking up the price to drop it lower. I see you, Kohl's.
2: Well, I see you, Kohl's. <laughs> well, at least you'll get your Steam Bucks later to spend to future purchases. Love
0: Kohl's cash.
3: That's
2: how they rope you
0: in. And their pants fit fit me and my wallet <laughs> but serious hashtag ad. <laughs> yeah hashtag ad <laughs> okay but i'm telling you 10 percent off of Obra- the return of Oberdin. i've been waiting for that game for a long time it looks sadly like it might not come to switch i i don't 10 percent is nothing i'm waiting on nothing. lethal league blaze
1: I love Lethal League. Give me Lethal League Blaze. Is that what you want? Uh, those are the games that you want? Yeah. Can't you just settle for Darksiders 3? It's 20 bucks, man.
2: But what about all the snake games?
1: Yeah, the snake games.
0: The snake games aren't even getting discounted. That's what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> you need the snake games?
0: More snake games. Absolutely. Yeah. The entire way. Snake's the whole way down.
1: Alex, I think you need to broaden your horizons a little bit. To what? Non-snake games? Non-snake games. I'm, I'll <laughs> tell you what. Right now, in my cart, and I'm about to hit send, I'm going to purchase you $3 worth of some, well, let's say questionably uh, questionable ethic games. All right. Uh, you have fun with these, Okay. $3. I suddenly fear my... And it, it
3: just popped up
1: on my screen. <laughs> he sent you a gift. I sent you two gifts. I can tell. Neither of them you should play when your wife is home.
0: <laughs> Maybe she'll want to play them with me. No. No, she won't. No. no. <laughs> nope. Oh, the hentai. Yep. Yeah. So we I found both of for those, those games. who are viewing this. <laughs>
1: no no we do not need to discuss the (laughs) hentai games that i now own uh except i have now asked alex to play one of them and report back to us. we're
0: not doing video game homework (laughs) on those types of games (laughs) simply refuse well that was
2: the first yeah we already did that the first one you should have played
1: doki doki literature club that was a visual novel these are both very graphic in nature i don't know it got a little sexy at one point (laughs)
0: have you guys seen that uh that interview with sam jackson and i know this is completely it gets related when someone asked if he watched anime do i see that
1: no i did not his
0: answer was of course i watch anime and hentai too (laughs) my man yep okay back to the topic at hand i think that the steam sales are disappointing and they will continue to be disappointing Uh, There's already news reports that have come out where indie devs are upset because I believe that they make revenue off of being wishlisted, I guess like pre-ordering. And due to Steam's new AR game that is racing, people are de-wishlisting indie games and they are losing money. So Steam, clean it up!
1: That's really sad. You know what? I like to wish list all of the indie games, me too. It gives them something to look forward to, you know, and I actually have a couple of them that I've already went out on Kickstarter and funded, so to see people then unwishlist them, it's really a bold move it's It's like a spit in the face. Any games that come to mind offhand recently, mm. yeah, um. It's gonna be like another couple of years, but I believe it's called Midnight, but it's spelled K N I T. Okay. Uh, I started kickstarting that one back like a couple of days after it took off. So, but that's not gonna be out until twenty. I think twenty twenty one. So. Mm.
0: For me, again, like the two I listed, I'm waiting on Lethal League Blaze and Oprah Din. So it just frustrating that Like this is not the time for me to buy those games. No. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like this kind of torn on this a little bit. I mean, my wish list is up to maybe about 20 right now, but I'm looking at it right now, and there's a good five or six that I've already decided that I'd rather have on Switch anyway.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so that, that doesn't help. And then uh, the other ones, they've been on here so long that you start to think, like, am I really ever going to buy that? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's just... It's, it's a little tough to figure out, really, what that line is. But, like, I, I agree with you that I think about... Christ, it's probably been, like, a decade now. Back when I first started doing Steam on, on my PC. And the first couple sales that I actually participated in, it was crazy stuff where it'd be, like, full price games going for 75% off. And, uh... You know, you could get a bunch of indies for a a buck or two apiece. And the events that they had were ones that incentivized you to actually play the games you buy in order to unlock things. So, like, the first one I did was a Christmas sale, Mm -hmm. and they had presents that unlocked, I think, as you bought games and then completed some of the achievements on them. And then you would open those presents, and it would either be like uh, small discounts towards stuff, or it would sometimes they would show like full games that were given to you as part of the the present that you unlocked. So it would it was a cool way to actually like incentivize you not to just buy stuff, but then also try things out as you got it too. Yeah,
0: and I remember that's half of my library where games I'd buy like eleven games for six bucks, and just be like well that seemed like. Pretty good deal, if you ask me. You know, like oh, that game seemed pretty. And there was these games that people just never heard of,
1: just like three people, three man games. You know, I don't know. I feel like I did pretty well just now, spending like three dollars on two games. I wonder, did those people get put into crunch? (laughs) It's Mario time. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah, so it's Skyrim is on sale right now, fifty percent off for twenty dollars. And while I understand that Skyrim is a very good game and is worth twenty dollars, I also think that it has been twenty dollars dozens and dozens of times before, and I don't think that it's still at a forty-dollar price tag. Ah,
1: uh, that's a that's a hard one. I don't think the price is ever going to drop below twenty bucks on sale.
0: I don't know. I didn't. I thought that about The Witcher as well. And Witcher Three right now is fourteen bucks.
2: but that's the other thing too. Is I think it used to. I, th- I think you used to see steeper discounts for some of the stuff I mean even thinking back to stuff like uh, the Fallout series so like Fallout 3 and New Vegas eventually if you waited long enough you could find a Steam sale come out with the game of the year version of those for like 5 or $10 whereas Fallout 4 it seems like has sort of retained its price forever online
1: I think that both of the examples we can just go straight after Bethesda
2: they are the worst yeah
1: they are
0: (laughs) yeah overall i just think it's been a very steep decline and so it's a little disappointing all right so epic store epic store all right (laughs) epic store hashtag ad (laughs) that's gonna be a good running joke okay well that was cathartic i think i need a drink before we get a mouthful of rain in our video game homework let's take a break back. I'd like to thank Joel for assigning this punishment, proving that while, that while spite isn't the right way to approach this segment, it can still produce good outcomes. In case you're wondering, we're turning in our video game homework, where one of us assigns a game most of us haven't played, something that is interesting, unique, or a gap from our collective video game experience. Currently I'm talking about, of course, Heavy Rain. Joel, lead this discussion. Let's Let's get into it.
2: Sure. So, since I was the one that assigned it, uh, full disclosure here, Kelly and I actually already played this a long time ago, uh, long enough to where I've had forgotten some of the details of the game itself. But we bought it at launch, I believe, when it came out. And uh, a cool detail about this is that it. So, story-wise, it is about a father who loses his son in a car accident, and then. From there, he then has his other son kidnapped by a serial killer called the origami killer. And he's called the origami killer because he leaves origami figure clues that sort of help drive uh, the parent to try to find the solution to where their son is hiding. Uh, One of the neat details about this is that when you bought the game and opened the box, it comes with a blank sheet of paper, mm-hmm. and like Metal Gear Solid Four, when they had those pre-patches that you had to sit through maybe like five or ten minutes while it updated the file <laughs> with the disc uh-huh. in play, yeah, it would have instructions on how to fold a origami crane. Oh, in the mold in the mold of what they show on the box, uh, and in the artwork for the game. That's real cool. Yeah, it was a nice little detail of that. Uh, Another interesting uh, footnote here. Mid-cycle PlayStation 3, when they were pushing PlayStation Move controllers, they patched the game to include an option to play exclusively with PlayStation Move controllers.
0: Oh, you know what? I did see that. (laughs) I did see that. Uh, uh, One second. I just want to make sure we are going to go through all of Heavy Rain from beginning to end and discuss the outcomes the alternate endings, and the plot twist throughout. So this is a spoiler warning that we will go through the entire game with a fine-tooth comb. Also, just released on the Epic Store. So if people did want to stop and then go play that game for PC on the Epic Store, feel free. This is not an ad. I just recently found this out. Still hashtag ad. Hashtag ad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's an interesting piece for the time that it came out because it was advertised heavily for such a different game from the other types of stuff that was coming out, something that is much more narratively focused. If you've ever followed or seen the stuff that comes out of Quantum Dream, they push hard the idea of trying to go for a sense of photorealism. In the character models to the point where back when the PlayStation 4 was first being announced I think they uh, carted out David Cage to show off facial models about how they rendered it with the PlayStation 4 so like they sort of use this as a vehicle to tout like graphical fidelity in an interesting way when they're trying to also produce an interactive story Uh, and I, I think there's also through lines between something like this and you see, like, from here, like, the more recent Telltale games, Life is Strange, but even a more clear line would be something like Until Dawn. Oh, yeah. Where it is very clearly, like, just walking through the environment, touching things, observing things. Uh, that kind of drives part of the narrative is just being able to inspect things and get more about the world. And even and even the and, Uncanny
0: Valley way the characters look, they it looks always that they're trying to model real people based off real faces, Until Dawn using actual famous actors so that you could recognize right. their faces. Uh, use, again, but it looks so Uncanny Valley where it looked just off enough to make it look a little weird. And, and same yeah, right. with Heavy
2: Rain. So you both... You both played until dawn. I take it. Yes. yes.
0: Yeah. You sent nope. me your copy.
2: I thought so, but I just <laughs> I forgot if you had gotten around to it or not. But I, I think there's there's a clear through line from this to there. Uh, other question. You both played on PlayStation Four, correct? Yep. Yes. Okay. Uh, we actually played on PlayStation Three, so it'd be also interesting to get an idea of. What differences we might have seen in playthroughs? Because I know that you both mentioned having some technical problems with the PlayStation Four version.
0: I will say this game is graphically intensive, because it almost broke my PS Four.
1: Uh, I have the Pro, so I didn't have as many problems. But I will tell you that the six-axis control—that's what really set me off.
0: Wow, I didn't so- have that. I didn't have that issue. Mine was stuttering. And flashes. It started to go. I want to say five frames a second, and I had to reboot the entire PS4. Happened twice.
2: So we actually had uh, we have the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3 version just because it was on PlayStation Plus a ways back as an offering. We started opening it on PlayStation 4, and there was a strange stuttering that happened with anywhere that where they were showing words on the screen Mm. and and from the start they show that stuff and it's really distracting like you almost need a seizure warning (laughs) with how much it's it's flickering so we switched to the playstation 3 version and it you take a graphical hit on that but i don't think it's significant enough to really detract from what we experienced that's
0: why i think you need to reboot the ps4 to get it to work again because that's what happened to me. Beth started like looking at me strange. She's like, it's giving you a headache. You know,
1: just like this flashing over and over again. Yeah, Steve and I played through it. We actually, I guess, Joel, you were kind enough to upload the whole thing onto our YouTube channel.
2: Yeah, we wanted to memorialize it.
1: Okay, so Steve and I played through the whole thing, and that only happened once. And I booted up the game probably five separate occasions. Uh, but yeah, that was very distracting, and we realized it right away, and Remy did. Re- and remedied it. Okay. Uh, it's found on youtube.com
0: superggradio super
2: radio. There you good go. Uh, so I guess I, let's start with this. Uh, let's talk about the functionality of the game, how we play it itself, what the gameplay is like, uh, good and bad, and, and where it weighs on that.
0: The, the game works in chapters where you will control a character who's pivotal to the story, starting with the father of the son Jason and Ethan, and uh, Sean, Sean, your character, name, the main the character dad is, his name named is Ethan. Ethan. Right. Yeah. Okay. You play as him. You go through the events of his story, including doing some mundane tasks about his life. Chapter ends, and then you play a different character. The game continues throughout, where something very uh, suspenseful can happen, and then they'll just cut. That's the end of the chapter, and you have to wait a couple chapters before you get back to that character. The game plays, moving around the environment and performing these tasks, you have to use uh, hold on multiple buttons, or move the, the sticks in a very particular pattern, or at some point use your 6-axis controller to turn slowly, or sh- you know, just sh- halfway throw it across the room.
2: Yes. <laughs> Do you know what's sick about that? I thought playing on PlayStation 3 I'd avoid that. Nope. You still have to do the turns with it. because I forgot there are gyro controls in the PlayStation Three controls. Well, that's
0: that's why yeah. it was in PlayStation 4's version. It just because it was invented. That was a uh, the big feat of the PlayStation Three was the six axis. I think they did some of that in Uncharted as well.
1: Yep, balancing.
0: Yeah, that's when people started using like for PS Four. People wanted to use the touchpad and like let's make the touchpad do something or the speaker. The PS 3s was the six
3: axis.
2: Yeah. Yeah, For balancing, I I see, I mean, sense is a strong word for it, but I see the logic in it. But for something like, these are quick time events, right? The the whole conceit is that you are trying to complete a button input or a motion input within a small frame of window of time for it to register a a correct input to avoid a bad outcome. Yeah. Presumably.
1: And if you're sitting on the couch and you don't have the arm reach, you kind of get screwed over. I think I elbowed Steve like three times during one of those sequences of button inputs.
2: Oh, I threw my controller across the room on accident and (laughs) woke up our dog and sort of startled Kelly with uh, (laughs) one of our times here. So it's, yeah, I I agree with you. It's something that seems really poorly suited for this game. I
0: didn't have as much of a problem. I seemed like a surgeon compared to you guys. But I was very violent. Oh, yeah, okay. And I was waking up my dog left (laughs) and right. But what I would do was... For like a go left or right uh, swing, I would grip it just in one hand like a fist, and I would just move my fist back and forth like I'm punching somebody. Luckily, no one was around. But it worked. It, it's like, okay, just grab it and swing it really fast. Just swing the controller really
1: hard, like violently. What about the up and down motion? Sa- How did you handle that? Same
0: thing. One hand. <laughs> grab it like a fist. One,
1: one hand, rapidly up and down? Shut up. I, <laughs> I saved you those characters. You walked into that. I saved
0: those characters. I played that game Ugh. real good. All right, so so the game goes to that extent where you have certain activities that are very quick, fast paced. You got to hit X, you got to hold triangle, and then you got to hit the R1. And at a certain point, my hands started clawing up and getting cramps.
2: Mm hmm. Well, you'd have points where it would be telling you to hold down the square button, and then after it registered that, after a few seconds, it would tell you that after that you have to hold down the triangle Mm -hmm. and then the circle button. And, And so you'd be having to hold those in succession and not let go of any of them. So it absolutely forces you to contort yourself to do those complex inputs, especially in cases where it's like you're stuck in a car and having to uh, pick out something out of the glove box in a limited time or uh, some of the other events that happened where it, it's supposed to ratchet up the tension just like everything else. And, I mean, given that you don't have to hold it terribly long, it's not the biggest deal, but it's, it was a little bit uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. And sometimes when it would do the flashing button, I wouldn't realize it until it was too late. Yeah, I would think that mm-hmm. it was the hold down feature, and then end up having to do the whole event over again.
0: For for me, it was when they would, where you'd have to press it in slowly, and I think there was one where it's like, oh, do something with someone's eyes, smack them in the face. Like, well, crap, okay, yep. But let's just take this thing and move it. slip break. Oh, crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to be delicate because yep. you don't know if that's what it's trying to tell you.
2: Yeah, I would agree. It wasn't always clear when they were looking for a nuance or when they were looking for you just to input it as quickly as possible. Uh, What about uh, the dialogue options? So there are certain points in the game where you're communicating with somebody or trying to get answers out of someone, and it'll be moving the different button inputs with a dialogue option around it, their head or something. How did he feel about how that was working?
0: I loved actually Did you? I, I, well, I like the idea that it's hard to, to find the right words to say because that seems like a thing that someone would say. Like, it's hard to find the right words to say. Well, imagine if they're around your head spinning and you gotta like, oh, okay, hold on, which one is it? I gotta wait for it to come around again?
1: I didn't have to wait for it, but, you know, at some point I forgot that the character could like have the little thought bubble above his head and that really gives you clues on what you're supposed to do next so i started depending on it heavily towards the like the second half of the game i did enjoy the different dialogue options that you could pick because it felt like it was more open ended but now seeing how the story went i feel like in the liquor store when you're facing off against the mugger Mm -hmm. was there really any risk of scott getting shot
0: what
3: Hmm.
2: Mm hmm so i think that's a challenge with these kind of interactive storytelling games in general is that if they've got a specific story arc in mind that requires someone to stay alive specifically scott yeah but they, they can't <laughs> <laughs> well yes they can't they can't allow you to have them killed off
1: even I though mean, I really want to have him killed off in the first part of the game <laughs> okay well
0: hold on hold on hold on. the risk wasn't of Scott dying the risk was
1: the cashier dying. yes but you don't know that until afterwards
0: I guess I di- I, uh, I didn't think that Scott was in jeopardy.
1: I felt like I, when I was doing the like sneak up behind the guy with the gun, Mm -hmm. tried to grab the liquor bottle, I dropped it straight on the ground. And I thought the guy would have been startled enough to just turn around and shoot him. That seems like a logical action to me.
2: Yeah, I think this is a case where the first playthrough also is a lot different, meaningful wise compared to a second or third playthrough of a game like this, because you're going in blind to something like this. You don't have the foresight to know, like, who has to survive, who can't survive, and something. And so it it has the element of surprise at play with it, too, right? And with the foresight of knowing what happens at the end of the story, you know now that, realistically, Scott's not going to die that early in the game. Uh, But like you said starting out being in that tense situation somebody with a gun not clear about what their motives are it's like you you feel compelled to play cautiously and to try to keep people survived
1: yeah yeah had i known i would have killed his fat ass from the beginning
2: Uh... (laughs) i was gonna say poor scott but no no
0: No, not
1: poor scott Scott. (laughs) i was so upset i was so upset so if you haven't guessed it already, Scott was definitely the origami killer. And uh, as you play through the chapters, it kind of hints at it because you get to one scene inside of like a it's like a typewriter clock repair shop where there's an older gentleman and uh, Scott walks into the back room and then all of a sudden he walks out of the back room and the older gentleman there is dead and he's like, "Oh my god, I don't know what happened." I think the killer was just here. He didn't walk into the room, did he? You, There's a time when it focuses on the, the young lady that's with him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I'm just going to look at this music box. And she gets distracted long enough where it gives you that window of ambiguity where you're like, well, he's now running around the place wiping it of, of prints. So there's a good chance that he probably killed somebody.
2: So maybe now would be a good time to try to set the framework for all the characters uh, that play. Yeah, here. yeah, So yeah. E- e- Ethan's the father who has the missing son who has been abducted by the origami killer. Uh, Scottus is framed as the uh, a private eye that's been hired by the parents of prior victims to try to solve the case. There is... Uh, Norman Jaden, who is an FBI agent. Sorry, who? Or... Norman Jaden, FBI.
1: There you go. There. Norman yeah. Jaden. Perfect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrendous Bostonian accent <laughs> attempt <That, laughs> throughout this whole. That was real good. That was that. Was, I, I you know I believe that one. Yeah, yeah. No, I've 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 practiced it several times here. Uh, it's it was when we first got this game and played through the first time. I probably said it like a dozen times the day after with Kelly around just to (laughs) get a reaction but uh, that's neither here nor there Uh, but I but then there was also uh, the reporter, what what was her name?
1: I, Madison, realized Madison, Madison. she's a plot hole she's She's a plot hole?
2: yeah she's kind of pointless exactly You want me to be uh, blunt about it. She she is she exists in the story for the sake of being a partner and possible love interest for Ethan. Yeah, I mean that that's, but but the but the framework is that you are following the events of these four characters converging to the end of the story, uh, and the framework that you're given is that they're all trying to solve the case of the Origami Killer. And for different reasons. And Even and, being the most and,
1: invested because it's his son that's been abducted. And also they're all, they're and all the separate. Mar-
0: and they very rarely cross paths, if at all. So it's always just... Right. Slowly converging, like, oh, they missed each other by a little bit until at the end they're all together.
2: Right. Yep. And the, and the marketing from the start for this game was everybody to live or everybody could die through the span of playing through the game. So... Even the marketing took a similar tack to something like uh, "Until Dawn," uh, where they're really touting the you can have so many different outcomes based on how you play the game. So, with that said, uh, going back to Scott. he he is a character where you look back on the interactions you have with him as a character and some of the stuff seems kind of inexplicable as to why he's going to certain places and doing certain tasks like uh there's a point where you're visiting a rundown home and you go in and it's a mother who has slit her wrist in the bathtub with a baby in a bassinet and, and you go and pull her out of the bathtub and wrap her arms around with bandages and take care of the baby until she feels good enough to sit upright and leave her alone safe with and it seemed inexplicable at the time why you'd be doing this why you're searching for this killer well
0: to me he said he was investigating so i just thought that he was just reaching out to other people oh i gotta figure out who the killer is
1: yeah that's what the game leads you to believe
3: yeah
2: right right but, but there were certain, I mean, certain points that made sense, like, Daddy, I assume when you said the, the woman that was with him, that was the first parent that he reached out to who was uh, the mother of a son who was doing prostitution work on the side yeah. that you visit her apartment with. And eventually, she goes along with him and basically says, I've got evidence we can go off of, but you're not getting it unless you let me come along with you to investigate right this. Um, that one made more sense to me the uh shopkeeper made more sense to me it took me a while to connect the dots about what was happening with the the third one until she got to a talking point but it felt kind of inexplicable and, and as you go through it and start uncovering what the truth is i mean the neat part about it is that you look back and it's like well Obviously, he's getting his jollies or something from going back to the families of these victims and being able to see what hell he's wrought upon them, right?
1: He's looking for all of the clues that he left behind because it could easily be traced back to him now that the FBI is around.
0: See, now what turned me away from him being any kind of threat was that he started investigating the millionaire's son who was acting like a serial killer and had supposedly done something similar. And in my thought process, he that was a lead. So when they showed him discussing and interrogating this millionaire's son who acts like a creep and is trying and actively admitting that he's killed somebody, my thought process was this was a lead. So everything here on out I question less because he has these leads that he's following. To move along the process and figure out who the
1: origami killer is. But in reality, he went after that guy. He went after that son because he didn't want anybody to associate that murder with him. Yes. He wanted to set that point straight. The son was acting was... like a copycat killer. Exactly. And he wanted to set that he was the only origami killer.
2: Origami. They say it
0: so many different ways in this.
1: It's weird. Yeah.
2: Yeah, if there was one of the big failures of this game, it was an inconsistency in performances between the characters and different dialects or people attempting to have similar dialects but then slipping into their natural uh, deflections at times and being blatantly obvious.
0: I I could definitely tell the different variations in the voice acting because some of the things you would say repeat themselves, and or they'll repeat a sentence where you go oh this would be a good clue oh this would be a good clue but it's like slightly altered and different so it was just enough to be like oh that took multiple takes huh
1: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
0: but uh, so so when the reveal came for your character being the killer the detective I was actively upset. I was I was upset. I, I was frustrated because I was rooting for him so hard. There was an FBI agent, a dad, and a reporter, and then this gumshoe detective, down on his luck, could solve the case, and then he'd be a hero. And I was hoping for that the whole
1: way through. You know, I initially thought that it might have be Ethan, who had actually kidnapped his son and some of these other children because of his blackouts. But as we got closer to the end, I realized, like, these are some pretty screwed up, like, saw traps that he's being put through. And if we can talk about all of the different, like, sick and sadistic things that Scott put him through, that, yeah, would, that would be The different ways they great. raped
2: off of horror or action movies to weave together <laughs> the the trials he has to do. Wait, well, yeah, wait, the first yeah, one? Ethan, Ethan yeah.
0: didn't kidnap any kids, right? No. you thought he might.
1: Okay, yeah, I was like... Because he blacked out when his son disappeared. Yeah, he did. He did.
2: Right, so so they they set a lead that's meant to sort of confuse you from the start of how he's... Ever since he lost Jason, he has blackouts. And when he loses Sean, he has one. And then when he comes to, he's got an origami figure in his hand. And that's also part of, I think, why at some point he's also suspected of being the origami killer but that's not explains why well. right? he
0: had an origami figure in his hand right okay no
2: okay exactly no. I, ch- I mean th- there there are several spots in this game where the game wants to allude to something larger at so play, hard, but never but never delivers on those and you you can't tell whether or not it's something where they meant to in this game and then lost track of it or if they figured maybe they'd have a sequel and never came to it
1: okay So, yeah, so the first uh, challenge that Ethan has to go through is driving down the expressway on the, the opposite side that he's supposed to be driving on. For
0: like a straight minute or two
1: minutes? Uh, yeah, it seemed, well, the like commands that you had to put into the controller, that was pretty stressful. Mm. The second one, was at the power plant? Yeah. The second one was the power plant, so you had to go into the power plant and make your way through a maze of all of these electrical wires the third one you have to cut off a finger
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Right.
1: so you have to go through this saw-esque scenario where you only have a couple of minutes to cut off your finger Uh, otherwise the clue that you get in order to find Sean will be erased after that you so before um, we move
2: on from that one question here How many of the uh, first aid items did you all find there?
1: I found bandages, disinfect, oh, the alcohol to disinfect the blade and eventually your hand. And then I think that was it.
0: Wait, disinfectant items? Yeah, so Mm
1: -hmm. you disinfect the knife.
0: Oh, no, yeah, I didn't do anything. You cut off
1: your finger and then I poured the alcohol on my hand again afterwards and then I bandaged it up. No, I never got any of that. I Oh, then Ethan probably died from, uh, what? Tetanus.
0: I had a rusty knife, <laughs> and I had a piece of wood in my teeth, and that's all I needed.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, the piece of wood, too. I forgot about that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a funny, it's an interesting detail, and this game is full of all sorts of interesting details or actions they allow you to do that don't necessarily give you an idea if it has any long-term effect or... Meaningfulness to the story itself. I mean, that, that's one of those that really kind of interested me looking back.
0: Uh, yeah. and then the other trial. Oh, uh, uh, kill the drug dealer. Kill the drug dealer, and finally, it was drink a vial of poison that will or not that will kill you within sixty minutes, which is just enough time to get to your son. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Did
1: you guys pass all of them? Yes. Yes. Well, I opted not to do the last trial.
0: Wait. Oh, really? You didn't do the poison?
1: I did not poison myself, and I still knew I was able to pick the correct point on the map where Sean was being, what, kidnapped or held.
0: Oh, so the FBI agent was the one that found him?
1: No, I found him. Oh,
0: really? You can look at a
1: map and figure it out? Yeah, I listened to the audio from whatever the last part was and you could hear the foghorn in the background and there was only one spot on the map that it had singled it down to that was by the river so deductive reasoning bam wait you had a map <laughs> yep where do you get it a had f- map from it had four programmed in destinations that you could choose from
0: i think i missed a big chunk of this game And I finished it. I feel like... Did you finish (laughs) it? Yeah, I finished it last night. (laughs) You sure? Yeah, the only map I found was the FBI agent when he would do the VR.
1: He has his own, too, yeah. Wow. Huh.
0: What happened was I just did all the trials and then it automatically took me there.
1: Well, that's why. Hmm. Wow. I had a little bit of guesswork.
0: Okay. Huh. Okay. That's interesting. See, I missed a whole section of the game and that game was still pretty good.
1: So, okay. So, good. No, go ahead. No, I, I'll go ahead. Yeah. So, let me tell you who survived on my game. Okay. Everybody survived except for Naaman. Oh, really? Well, I was on the conveyor belt in the last fight and I did the six axis jerk motion mm-hmm. to the right. He didn't roll, he got clubbed in the face.
0: Oh, that's a bummer. Naman was cool. Yeah,
1: I was that close to being able to finish the game with at least three or all well, four of the characters, and I just mm-hmm. got straight screwed over.
2: Well, I was just say when you say everybody survived, I, I assume that uh, Scott got killed in the process, or did he escape? He escaped. Yeah, because he was oh, on he the did. conveyor belt with Namon. He does escape. He does okay. escape. You can catch him. Mm-hmm.
0: I because I I caught him so. Which, the, the thing is, yeah. though, is that he, he dies, though, in the process. So I don't right. think he can survive if you catch him.
2: Really? No, I, I, don't, I don't think he can technically survive if uh, you catch him. Because the you know, the, the true answer is that everybody can si- survive until the end of the game. But uh, if he is caught, then I think he gets killed in the end. Yeah,
0: because Naaman beat him on the conveyor belt. I got everybody. Nauman beat him on the conveyor belt. And then he was about to fall off. I chose to save him. He fought me even more until I didn't get the choice. He just fell off on his own volition.
1: Oh, damn. Yeah,
0: but uh, uh, everybody survived for me. Though, from my understanding, uh, Nauman became a drug addict, so that might have been on me. (laughs) No, yes. Yes, it was. There was. Yeah. And he also became a VR addict and had VR visions outside of VR that also might have been on me.
1: Now, in my ending, he was in the virtual reality world Uh when the other detective picked up the headset and put it on.
0: Yeah, it took his consciousness, apparently. And I only say this because I watched all of the alternative endings Uh, near the end. uh, Beth got really, really into it. And kind of started following and like trying to know what was going on and started making choices for me. Huh. So it, we were like, "Well, oh, let's just watch all the alternate endings and see how they were." But you right. you can have one where he gets trapped in the virtual reality himself, or or you can have it where he ODs and dies. That seems about right. Because mm-hmm. he has these fits of needing drugs where he starts having. Uh, where his body starts to reject stuff and he needs the drug, he starts having Oh, what is it? What am I thinking of?
2: They call it trypto. Oh the drug like is that. trypto, yeah. But yeah, but it's it's basically like a vial and I forget if it needs to be injected or if it's like sprayed and or something like and that. And
0: you can but, choose not to take the trypto, I always did, just because I wanted the this whole spaz attack he was having to end. Um mm-hmm. and then I also used the VR to extreme because I didn't know that the other characters had maps, and so I only used his map. And his clues to figure out where the sun was.
1: Well, there you go.
2: Sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Joel? Uh, I pretty much landed where you did. Now, at the end of your game, uh, did Ethan end up with? Why do I keep forgetting? Madison. Uh, yes. Madison. Yeah, I'm telling you. Uh, did he? Did he end up with Madison? Yeah, with
0: I made them get busy.
2: Okay. He did not. in know.
0: You
1: chose not to get get busy.
2: No, no, no. But why? Why? No, no.
1: I mean, why would you want to get busy with her? She, I <laughs> honestly, looking back at the game, she serves very little point. She well, to be fair, to... he
0: kept coming home half dead. She had a point to me.
1: She, but she yeah, just Daddy, showed up and... at the hotel because it was convenient.
0: Oh, they ex- they explain that.
1: Well, no, she says that she can't sleep in her apartment. Yeah, but. Then she's never in her hotel room. So, well, she's she's not she, sleeping anyway. Well, she's going
0: back to her hotel room, and she keeps passing by his, and she's investigating. The other thing that is revealed through an alternative ending is that the the game she is introduced while she wakes up in her apartment and is attacked by three to four uh, people who are breaking into her home to kill her.
1: Oh, look, it was like six guys.
0: Yeah, it kept adjusting, and turns out that was a nightmare. But there's an alternate yeah. ending where she is alone in her apartment and her psychiatrist calls her and says, Hey, we haven't heard from you a while. You really got to call us back. You haven't had your medication. And you see her crying and shaking on the couch while those people are in her home, ready to attack her. And then it keeps flashing that they're not really there. Then they're there, not really there. So it's all in her mind.
1: So she's insane.
0: Well, not insane. She just has, you know, problems with the sleeping and, Having insanity, delusions, delusions. Well, so,
2: well, I mean, if if you go what twenty four hours or more without sleep, you you start sort of losing it, don't you?
1: I mean, in my experience, yes, yes,
2: yeah. So I mean, I she didn't annoy me the way that she did, maybe Kelly playing <laughs> playing this. Uh, but I agree with Daddy that I, I don't. I felt that she was there at the service of Ethan's. Character. almost like it's an afterthought. Character. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, I, it, how do
1: we get from this point to this point?" "Oh, well, we'll just throw in Madison." Like mm-hmm. Did you need to? Well,
0: yeah. No, I there was one section where she is investigating an address and it just happens to be the home of a guy who deals drugs, but when she gets in there, he kidnaps her and and takes her to his murder room and then she fights him off. And it's like there was just just another murder murderer in that town, and she just happened to visit him, and he kidnapped her into her her murder room, his murder room, just like randomly. Oh, another murderer! Here we go. He likes to use a drill. So there was there was no reason for that to be in the story. There was no reason for that extra killer to be in there. And in fact, there seemed to be three different killers happening throughout the course of this game.
2: Yeah, just some unrelated to the actual mystery yeah yeah all right was there anything else we wanted to touch upon in this conversation
0: uh, the, uh i did want to bring up one alternative ending where there's one real brutal one that uh me and beth were just like man that is a that is some choices here uh where ethan is crying at the grave of his son because you his son died that was the bad one of the bad, uh, negative endings and Madison comes up to him and proposes, hey, we should just, like, have another kid. We should have a kid. So put a baby in me and forget your dead kids.
2: Oh, I saw that. That was- oh, that was bad. Jesus.
0: So he shoots himself in the face at the grave of his son, which is very brutal. And uh, a secondary alternate ending has uh, the dead Ethan shooting himself uh, at his desk, but... This one was less grim because he's sitting in a chair. He shoots himself and the, sh- the gunshot propels him off over the back of his chair. And I thought that was kind of funny. Just like, I was like man, that gun's powerful. Just knocked him out of his chair. It's completely to the ground. Flip the whole thing.
2: <laughs> well, one final thought. Uh, I have trouble seeing Madison as a 27 year old the way she said she was. I think she's in
0: her 30s. Easily. Yeah, very much so. Well, let's try something new here. Uh, With this segment moving forward, we're going to try ratings. Not something we've typically done up to this point, but in the spirit of our name, we're going to choose fighter rankings. S, A, B, (sighs) C, D, and F.
1: Guys, how would you rank Heavy Rain? F, U, C. I think you know where I'm (laughs) going with this one. I gave it a solid B. I, I did enjoy the story, how it was driven, but the controls were kind of janky at times, and it really threw me off. Okay, what about you, Joel?
2: I'd give it around a C. Uh, if we had a range, I'd say a higher C, but C. Uh, Heavy Rain's a functionally and narratively flawed game that shines when focusing on Ethan's story and kind of flounders when going to other characters, uh, especially Morgan. Uh, but uh, yes. th- those actions not only elongate the game's time to no purpose but seem less self-interested but more to serve Ethan's story anyway.
1: Did you just call Madison Morgan? He called Madison Morgan. Maybe. <laughs> it's okay.
2: Forgettable. <laughs> Absolutely forgettable. Right? I'm sorry. Not and, and, necessary. Like, it's, it, it's just awful awful use of a, a character.
0: Now as for me, I never played it. Joke's on you chumps. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you <laughs> what? to? bit? No,
0: but seriously, I give it a B. Uh, the 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 way the game wasn't optimized for PS4 made it real janky in the beginning. But once I restarted a couple times, it won me in the end. I laughed, I cried, I groaned, and I was actively upset. Seriously, that twist shook me. He was my favorite character, which probably says something about me. <laughs> you Do you think David Cage games are interactive blink blot te- ink blot tests?
1: I hope not. I don't know. It wasn't... uh You had the blot tests in Until Dawn. Wasn't that one of his games? Crap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> didn't do well on those either.
1: No. Let's get out of here.
0: And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Remember, when faced with a serial killer, always be sure to rapidly press X for Jason. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at SuperGG Radio and Twitch.tv slash GG Radio, where Metal Gear Kevin is still going. He's near the end, ready to face Liquid Snake in Metal Gear Rex. That, refi- that reveal with Master Miller was priceless. Joel finally did some streaming of Outer Wilds. He did good work. I'd, I'd love to see more of that game.
2: I did. Maybe I will. Yeah, just, uh, just slow and steady. That's just a few surprises, but a lot of just calm traveling and exploring. pull yeah.
0: a Steve and narrate it like Bob Ross. Mm-hmm. How about you, Getty? Have any plans? Any destiny grinds?
1: Ah, uh, I might. I got a busy weekend here ahead of me, so not sure. I did start playing The Surge, Ooh. so maybe a little bit of that? Maybe I'll jump into that with
0: you. It's Not a bad, Game. Yeah. Okay. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening, and GG, guys. GG.